How's it going, listeners? This is Vienna by Billy Joel. I'm going to let this rock, and then we'll get into the program. Thank you for tuning in. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. But then if you're so smart, tell me why are you still so afraid? You burn it out You got so much to do And only so many hours in a day But you know that when the truth is told That you can get what you want Or you can just get old You're gonna kick off Before you even get halfway through Ooh, and will you realize Vienna waits for you Oh, yes. All righty. Welcome to episode 155 of the Blake Mayfield podcast. I'm your host, Blake Mayfield, and I'm here today with David and his wife, Alicia. They are the owners of Spring Gulch Farms, located right here in Anderson, California. We're actually at their house um, on their patio in the front yard recording this podcast right now. Uh, it's a Saturday night, throwing this up tomorrow, Sunday afternoon. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for having us. I'm very good. The weather is absolutely perfect. It reminds me of like coast weather almost. And uh, yeah, it's a vibe out here. Also, George Torres is here. George is here with us, uh, the manager of this podcast. Uh, and he also um, is a co-worker with DJ as well. So that's how you guys met and stuff. How are you doing, George? I'm doing amazing, guys. Uh, had a lovely dinner. And we're just out here in nature and just it's a beautiful, just vibing in our chairs, chilling, talking. The burnt carrots with like the onions. I noticed there were onions. Yes, yeah. There were little tiny, tiny onions. Oh, tiny, my tiny goodness. Red onion. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> it was so good so thank you guys very much yeah, this is a total vibe and uh yeah been, been looking forward to this uh dj called me earlier in the week i think it was like a monday and he was like let's do it this saturday let's do barbecue i didn't think the grass would be this green i mean it's i love it so thank you guys yeah, i appreciate no it very much for inviting a, us out it's a lot of work uh to keep it that way but it's worth it uh he actually he had to talk to me multiple times to get me to agree to do a podcast really yeah yeah so he mentioned it multiple times and i was like oh, that's funny no, i don't know but he's finally like come on i was like okay fine, yeah i got it. your back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you well just so the listeners know and and, and we'll do all the shout outs and the sponsorships here in a sec this is the first podcast that i've ever done outdoors oh okay first one ever outdoors hey. and um popping the cherry yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pause. <laughs> that's not a pause. Yeah, right. Is that a pause? I don't know. No, that's Where not a from? pause. We're not getting into that. Wait, uh, what's a pause? Does that mean you have to edit that out? No. no. Pa- oh. pa- <laughs> I'll tell you what pause is during one of these breaks. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought you said I could say whatever I wanted, but yeah, I guess no, I can't. No, you're, you're all good. You're all good. I'll, I'll just break it down for you when, when okay. we silence these. Um, okay. I want to give a special shout out and thank you, though, to all of the Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast listeners. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Black Rose Coffee and Tea. Now, Woo-hoo! real quick. A little tidbit about Black Rose Coffee and Tea. Shout out to all of them. Um, your snacks, uh, yes. can we call them snacks? Uh, yeah, that's basically uh, what they are. Is that are. what they, okay. So it's like oatmeal bars or kind of like protein bars, but 
Yummies. They were the first place to sell them for you. Yes. And they were the first sponsor of this podcast. Yes. So, so now I get to use fun. one of my buttons. That's a round of applause <laughs> for Black Girls Coffee and Tea. I that's had right. to. Um, which we'll, I definitely want to get into that in a little bit. It's yeah. one of my questions. But um, yeah, shout out to Black Rose Coffee and Tea. But also shout out to Rebel Fit Company. Shout out to Jeremy Johnson. Uh, he's a good dude. A brand new sponsor of the podcast. They just hopped on last week. So real quick, we're going to play an ad from Rebel Fit and then we'll get into the program. This episode of the Blake Mayfield Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Fit Company. At Rebel Fit, you'll find state-of-the-art gym equipment, a dry sauna, and the one and only posing room nicknamed the Ego Room. Rebel Fit also offers classes for those interested in kickboxing, has a PS5 to use once you're done with your workout and just want to chill, and a podcast room where you can record your journey, whether it be weight loss or life. Visit Rebel Fit Company at 161 Locust Street off of Athens Avenue in Reading. No contracts, no hidden fees, and a chance to transform your health. Come in and sign up today. Yeah, I got to pick up my mic. <laughs> I'm not used to having to pick up my mic. Without further ado, let's get into it, guys. So first question I have, founding, I don't know if I was going to call this a farm, but now that we've been out here, you guys walked us around, there's like, there's backhoe equipment, there's like a little tractor. This is a farm. Yeah. You guys have a farm in your front yard a, in Anderson. A, yes, a baby farm. I feel like we're in the very infant stages of uh, what we have as a dream, which is a much bigger farm. Um, something where eventually we'd be able to have the community come out and learn about planting their own food and how to like have sustainable food in your yard. And I know it sounds ironic because we do have grass, but there's so many places even around our own community where we're watering grass or we're ripping out lawns to put in these drought resistant landscapes when instead it'd be so much more beneficial to learn how to garden and replace those things with something that you actually get. A, a product or something out of so well you use stuff out of the garden to make in the the peanut butter bars is what they're called at black rose um and then the oat bars do those have a name uh so those are just the gluten-free oatmeal bars those ones um were actually inspired more by my dad because he has celiac disease and he loves oatmeal raisin cookies so it was that paired with um me having some food allergies and needing something that was tasty but not like a ton of sugar and not just replaced with a bunch of other junk so it was a labor of love to make that one happen yeah for yeah, sure yeah. I, a quick little thing people don't realize look i love donuts i love pizza i love all that as much as the next yes. person when you don't eat gluten or just like wheat flour for even just a month yeah you will lose weight absolutely it is crazy not how much even... of that stuff's just in food and then how much it like how much you gain weight yes it's crazy. Not even just the gluten, but the dairy. The biggest one, too, is dairy that people don't think of. And I got tested um, probably about seven years ago for food allergies when I was having just a lot of health problems. And that's when they're like, yeah, you have an um, intolerance to gluten and an allergy to soy and dairy. And when I cut those three things out, I lost like 45 pounds in close to a month. Like it was just melted off. It was gone. Yeah. Um, and that's just realizing that so much of that was actual inflammation in my body. It wasn't weight necessarily. My whole body was so inflamed from just constantly eating things that were bad for it. And once you start taking that out, it does make shopping harder, but it makes you be a little bit more conscious about, well, what I put into my body is what I'm going to get out of it. So if I'm putting junk into it, I'm probably not going to feel so hot. So, For, for instance, everything we ate tonight, 
was 100% gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, corn-free. It was amazing. And, and you wouldn't know anything of it unless we told you. Right. You know, so that's the benefit of the experience of, of living with this food allergy for the last six to seven years mm-hmm. that she's known about. Um, and the experience we've gotten is we, we've learned how to accommodate that into our day-to-day lives. Yeah, tons and, of trial and error. And not lose on the flavor. Yeah, and right. that's that's where actually the oatmeal bars came from. Like that was all long before the farm was even something that was in the picture. So those were purely based out of a need of mine. And then once I started realizing, like, oh, they're they're not bad, and I had other people try them. They're like, oh, you you need to sell these. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe we'll give it a shot. And then that's when I finally, you know, had reached out to Black Rose. Shout out to Tori because she's amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. And she gave us a shot, and it was fantastic, and they've done really good. And I've absolutely loved working with another female business owner. Um, it makes me feel very confident about our community. It makes me feel um, really good about being a first-time business owner and really trying to make this work and knowing that there's other women out there that are doing it and that they're not afraid to give other women a shot and, like, bring them into part of their business and say, hey, yeah, we can do this. So she's been fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, I want to ask you guys about why you wanted to do this in the first place. You were telling me beforehand that you guys lived, I think, on Main Street in Cottonwood, if I'm not mistaken, and then you guys just wanted basically property. You have tons of acres out here, um, and and we'll get into more of that stuff later, of course, but why did you guys want to go from Cottonwood where it's, you know, I mean, Anderson's pretty quiet. There's only 10,000, 11,000 people, but it's relatively a little more quiet in Cottonwood and laid back. Why make the move and do the the farm and, and the yard? Uh, so actually we didn't want to be in Anderson. The truth was we, we okay. really wanted to be in Cottonwood. Um, but we had been looking, the housing market was just fucking crazy and oh, yeah. not something that we were trying to jump in at the time. And we put off, I think we kind of missed the boat on some of the good, like 1% interest rate <laughs> timing or 2%, whatever it was at. We, we had made multiple offers on other homes and we had almost gotten a couple other ones, but in Cottonwood, but just nothing ended up, we either got outbid or something else fell through in the process. Yeah, and so we, while we're looking, we found this, so, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty neat. Bring that over to you right there, DJ, get my water out of the way for you. There we go. Um, Because a lot of work, a lot yeah. of work, you got, yeah. I mean, you guys have to dig like two or three feet deep holes for each thing, and you have, what, 214 plants out here, is that what you guys are saying? 214 yeah. Uh, vegetable and produce plants, but we have another, I believe, 10 uh, holes for, for the for trees, trees and yeah. for, for, for the fruit, fruit trees, fruit bearing trees. So, gotcha. So the, about two, roughly 225 holes, plus we have a couple beds, we have a couple rows that we have trenches uh, for the carrots and whatnot, and then obviously a bunch of other potted plants and hanging plants and whatnot you would, you would see. Yeah, we're a ba- um, we're a baby farm right, right now, so <laughs> the the establishment is just starting. But the the holes really started out of uh, using what we have available to us right now, um, and that was our piece of equipment, the tractor and the postal, and then um, realizing just like the amount of money it would take to bring in the quality of compost and dirt that I'd like to, um, just wasn't feasible. So we've started our own compost thing, but that's going to take time to really build that amount of dirt. So we're just doing the best we can with what we have available. So, yeah. Well, what is it like starting a business in 2022? Because inflation's at a 40 year high, at least, um, 
gas prices are crazy. Diesel prices are almost $8 a gallon. Some places you look here in the North State. What is it like as far as getting the ingredients together and and the time, I guess, it takes to actually make it? Because you do the baking yourself. Yeah. You, the recipes are your recipes. Between the amount of time it takes to gather all this stuff together... Is it worth it? <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I didn't want to ask yeah. and be like, yeah, no, but like, no, is, it, you, is it, it worth it? I There's mean, days and, and what's the cost like for running a business and starting one like a, in a year like this? Um, so, yeah, it, it's scary. It's scary and it's terrifying. But at the same time, you know, we don't have children. We don't plan on having children. That's kind of just oh, not wow, something okay. that we want. But um, that allows us the time to do other things like pursue a business dream and, we're only going to be this young today. Once. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we might as well start. Times of the essence. Exactly. And if we can make it now, we can make it anytime. So I'm, right. I'm confident that between him and I, if we can make it right now, we'll be fine. Because like you said, everything's at an all-time high. It's a fucking shit world when it comes to like, let's go buy ingredients and stuff. Right. And, and, and find ingredients. Find ingredients. Hope that you get them in. Like I've had to really learn how to be... Uh, able to pivot and which is hard for me because I'm not a person that is super 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 flexible so that's been a learning curve of like taking those as they come when I, I fully expect to go to the place where I always get this one ingredient and then it's out for two weeks you got to figure out how to find and and resource those other things in other places so that's yeah. been interesting yeah absolutely George you want to ask anything or, or, or am I in here yeah, yeah. I, I'm in there okay well Selling to Black Rose. Yeah. Starting a business and having them as your first business to help you is a good move. It, it, it's, I'm sure it's helped. Yes. How much has it helped business? Um, that's what kept us hanging on through the end of COVID um, was being able to be in Black Rose. And it helped us get from being, because uh, we were formerly Love at First Bite baked goods when we were just. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. formerly we were Love at First Bite. And that was when we were still at our rental in Cottonwood. So I was running my first business out of that 1,300 square foot rental house. I was completely approved by the county, had my cottage food operation permit and everything. Um, but it was just tiny and small and so being at black rose meant that we were able to keep taking these tiny baby steps to grow and grow and grow and now that we've been there you know we're finally able to re reach out a little bit we just got into cafe calico here in anderson as well mm. and so um black rose continuing to carry our product has meant that we've been able to look further ahead and just keep the business going you know so COVID hit hard and, and they made a big difference for us. So when did love at first bite start back in like 2019? Um, so it was, we really had the idea for it then. And then once it started like getting up off the ground where you literally take your first step up, we had planned to, um, have like a tasting event at a coffee shop down in Red Bluff. And I think it used to be is it legendary now? I don't know. It's the one that's like on the corner of um, Maine and one of those main streets down there. It was a great coffee shop. But as soon as COVID hit, it just squished us because it was the, the weekend that we were supposed to go do taste testing was the weekend everything got shut down. So I had made like a couple thousand dollars in product and was like ready to sell, ready to put it in the store, ready to, to sample the people. And then everybody had to go home and stay home. And I, I believe that those owners sold that coffee shop 
shortly after, like during this COVID stuff as well, because it really impacted everybody. So yeah, and we had met those owners previously, yeah. and that's how we knew they were opening that. Co- they were trying to open a coffee shop in Shasta County, but mm-hmm. the permitting process and the building process for their business was was about two to three times more expensive in Shasta County versus Tehama County. Mm-hmm. So mm. they chose to actually build in Red Bluff. So we stayed in contact with them being we were both trying to be upcoming business owners. So that's how they were uh, so so kind to give us an opportunity to try to be in their store with their grand opening. That's when we were going to do the sampling. And so yeah. that was going to be our first you know step in the in the process of getting our product in stores. But that was halted again due to COVID. Yeah, that literally happened, you know, the beginning of, you know, January or February or whatever, I think is when we. That one was heartbreaking for me. And I think lockdown happened in March. Yeah. And that's like, it was literally like the weekend that we were supposed to be doing our first, our first sampling of the product and, and really start pushing our product in the community and letting them know they had gluten-free options that were actually really delicious. Yeah. And Uh, that one was a heartbreaking, it felt like a loss. It felt like I just worked my ass off and made all this stuff that, like, I hope it's good. You know, this was the very first time I'd done it. And so having that shut down, um, we just decided to haul everything. We tried to sell as much of that product as we could through friends and family and just to recoup our input cost on that. Um, And then we just decided to halt. And for most of the shutdown, of the COVID shutdown, we just didn't operate. And uh, we were on one income and trying to figure out how we were going to do it because everywhere else was closed. And And we figured that nobody was going to want to risk buying product that was made out of somebody's home with the cottage food permit during COVID because sanitization, which which is a bad look anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and and we wouldn't blame them either. It would be, we would feel the exact same thing. Especially at the beginning of COVID because everybody was so scared. Like in us too, we had no idea what was really going on when it first happened. And we figured out later that we'd already had COVID at that point. Like, like the cold we'd had, it just made sense as we started learning things. But um, at that point it was just like, no, we'll shut down. We're not going to hemorrhage any more money by making stuff that people are going to be too scared to buy. And I'd already seen the beginning of that on some of the local like um, Facebook pages and some cottage food pages that I'm on on Facebook as people already saying like, oh, my numbers have dropped and people are saying they're not ordering because it's made in a home kitchen. It's like, yeah, you could be permitted and you can have all the safety precautions and clean it exactly the way you're supposed to. But, you know, people are scared. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how much has that and. Perhaps maybe the the dairy free and soy free and all that. Do you think that affects business or do you think that helps business? Because people are more healthy geared these days. I feel like they're more open yeah. to gluten free. They're more open to like it's a t- just weird stuff. It, yeah. it goes both ways. You know, some yeah. people it's it's funny on different events because we've done multiple events where we've sold the product now before, and sometimes you get a real benefit by telling people in advance that the product is gluten free or soy free or dairy free or, or what the the special perks of it are. And sometimes people get very Almost turned off. They're like, oh, I want all the gluten. And I'm just and like, they, yeah, They're always so a gross. smart ass about it and they yeah. think they're funny, which <laughs> is so fine because it is, it is funny to a point. But it is kind of At the end of the day, it's, it's like, an insult. you know, we, we yeah, don't really exactly. care about your smart ass yeah. comment. We're letting you know that we have some good product yeah. that happens to fulfill this criteria. And we specific. also, the ones that I've gotten before, which piss me off more than that, because he's way more customer service minded than I am. Like, I'll pop off before he will. Yeah. And I had a lady one time and I was working my my ass off and I was so proud of myself and we were like handing out samples and she made this comment about like oh you can't trust a skinny girl to give you anything good 
like mm. talking shit about my food. And I'm like, fuck you, bitch. You haven't even tried it. But she's insinuating <laughs> because you haven't <laughs> like you haven't even tried it. You don't know. And yeah. just insinuating like, oh, skinny people don't make good food. Well, that's just rude. Skinny people eat more food than I eat. Oh my god, I eat so hey. much okay. food. I eat a lot too, but they they can keep up. Like DJ, he, he, give I'll me your in and out order. No, give. Ask <laughs> What's your in and out order? I get. If it was all paid for, yeah. If, if I'm paying I'll, for, it, if I'll I lost get, a bet, to I'll you. get a four by four animal style with the peppers. Mm. I'll get an animal fry and a, and then a, just a regular fry and, and a, and a pink, lemonade. pink lemonade. And I'll get, get two different fries. And I could probably yeah. eat a little more than that if I'm feeling a little. Crazy, but a yeah. four by four. I will get four by four. four. Four patties, four cheese. Oh my! In God. and out is my weak spot. That's yeah, because yeah, I'll get a four by four. Uh, well, actually, you know, she gets a four by zero. Four by she zero. Can't have the cheese. Obviously. But I put my uh, own dairy free cheese on it when I get home, so that's it works for me. So it's basically a four by four protein style with four fries, slightly light, and then like a large water. Okay. So good. My, mine's double. I'm sure everyone cares so much about my in and out order, but <laughs> uh, a number one, no cheese, grilled onions, add pickles, regular fries, vanilla Extra shake. Picky. I'm so jelly of the fact that you guys get to eat their sauce because that has some the of my spread. Yes, that has, it's so, so good, but it has some oh, of my allergens. So I Dude, and, and you, you got extra salt. Animal, oh. animal you got to add extra time. salt. And those get a little cup onions? of water. I got down to a right. tea. Hey, so look bad. at what I eat on Fridays. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. George, George is producing me and saying, get back to the script. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you know that? <laughs> oh, got you. <laughs> I thought you were producing me. Um, let's talk about this, guys. What's the overall goal of Spring Gulch Farms? I mean, and, and I always hate in the podcast, we'll get to this later, but we will. As far as just the food supply, yeah. where the country's at right now, what we're dealing with, where the priorities are. Um, it's good to be self-sufficient and mm-hmm. independent. Uh, I think that's the nicest way I could say all that. Yeah. Is that just the overall goal is to make your own stuff and that way if she hits the fan, quote unquote, that you can do that? Or is it just for pleasure? Is it to make money and do your own thing eventually? Like what's the overall It's premise? actually, I think, a combination of all of that. It, okay. it really started as um, we wanted land because we were sick of living in downtown Cottonwood right on the freeway. I think number one is is self sufficiency yeah, and yeah. security, and knowing that we'll be okay. Yeah. And I think anything we can do beyond that is a perk and a benefit to having and what we have and working hard for what we have. Part of it, though, because we do have so much and we are as blessed as we are, is I feel like it, there's a calling on it almost to get it up off the ground and get it moving. But like I said, have it be a place where the community can come and learn how to do things. And we can utilize this land that God has given us to help other people. And just like it's in the Bible, you, you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but you teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Well, yep. I don't want to just give you food out of my garden. I'd rather come teach you how to grow it so that you can go home and grow it on your balcony or your porch or your backyard or teach your kids how to do it. Because like you said, even if this shit does hit the fan, which who knows, things have been so crazy. Like the knowledge is the number one thing that people need. Because you can acquire space. You can find a spot to put a potted plant. You can you can find that. But if you don't know how to do it, you're fucked. So yeah. that's that's part of it. And I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and so does he. And, and just seeing what our families are going through with trying to educate their children and keep them in school and how, it's a, how this whole COVID thing has affected them as kids. 
it's just become a little bit more important and I think aware to us that we have the ability to provide something for our family and our friends and, and the community. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about those guys because you have over a hundred acres here. Is that correct? Oh, no, no. I wish. I wish. Oh. Ten. Ten. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a little bit of a difference. You're, ta- you're talking about my dreams, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I look out there and it looks like it so looks much. Huge, it, yeah. it is a lot. Ten yeah. acres is a lot of land. How has the Anderson Cottonwood Irrigation District acid, how has them releasing no water for the first time in their 108-year history um, they were founded in 1914. I have a little creek that runs in my street yes. in the middle of the road that has been bone dry since at least March. Oh, yeah. At least March. Um, How has that affected you guys? Because farmland and you guys wanting to have, you know, beef, uh, you know, have Angus out here, have chickens, have all the, but, you know, chickens, you guys were explaining to me is a little different. Um, you know, they dig up soil and they refertilize it mm-hmm. at the same time. That's why farmers have chickens and stuff like that. And, you know, eggs and stuff like that, of course. But yeah, and it all depends on how the farmer wants to basically cultivate their land. So yeah, their own thing. Yeah. But how has acid really see no water affected you guys in particular in your business? Right off the bat, it breaks my heart as somebody that loves nature and we bought this piece of property. We're almost almost a year. We've been here almost a year in August. Um, but what it was like when we moved in, how green and just fertile and beautiful, and it looked fantastic and healthy. And now it's dry and barely green in the places that we can keep it watered and, and stuff. But it's just been sad to watch it literally slowly die. And um, it changed and made us pivot big time on our plans for where we're putting the garden and how we're gardening because now we have to run irrigation lines and spend money to do to get water out to somewhere where previously it would have already just been irrigated. So it's it's made everything harder and sadder. <laughs> and let yeah, alone for you know, sure. it, it's also increased the fire risk in a yes. lot of areas too. So it's not it's not very comforting knowing that, you know, we haven't even hit our hundred and something degree days in our Mm-hmm. Our seven and a half acres in the back is basically a tinderbox just waiting for an extra hot day and a spark from somebody having a fire down the road. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it, it it's aggravating. It makes not a lot of sense. And I'm sure there's a lot of politics behind it all, which is oh, probably yeah. the big problem of it. You guys have been to meetings and stuff like that that discusses this stuff, discusses solutions for people. Um, you know, I, I have a well in Conwood, and it affects me as well yeah. and my family. So what is the solution? Um, I feel like right now I'm still in a learning phase because we'd never had irrigation before this year. Um, so we've actually been really blessed with our neighbors next to us. Um they used to own this house and they sold it to their son. So they've irrigated this land for 40 years. They've lived there for 40 years. They know it. So, um, yeah, they, we've been very blessed that they've shown us a lot and given us a lot of knowledge. But, uh, to be honest, I, I don't know that I can say that I have the solution or that this is what we should do. Um, because I'm still learning. There's a lot of nuances and things I think I don't understand, but when it comes down to the core of it, it, angers me because those water rights are there for a reason and it wasn't something that the people that pay for acid for for this irrigation on our property we pay for that with our fucking hard-earned money and we didn't get to vote on whether or not like this is what's going to happen to the water like we're of course not we're going to vote to fucking shut off all the water so that our cattle have to be sold and our gardens die and our fields die and our trees fucking die of course not and they're not going to want us to vote on it because they don't want us to say no because they know it's fucking bullshit. 
And here we are, like, this is hurting the families of and the livelihoods of so many people. And it's more frustrating, I think, because I don't, there's, I feel like there's nothing I can just go out and do about it, you know? So, right. I mean, are you going to go out and buy bottles of water? I mean, that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah, you it's, can't just go water that big ass tree back I, I, there. Right. You know what I mean? I think the problem is the same problem that's kind of happening nationally right now is if every community in every country and every person took care of their own community in their own backyard yeah. and their own person first, then there wouldn't be the big problem. Everybody doesn't have to work on the bigger problem. Everybody's working on their own problem. So I think if our local acid irrigation district was more concerned of the people that they're supposed to be representing and not concerned about selling or moving water down down to the next person for X amount of dollars or whatever the, the yeah. politics of it is, I think that that would be the, the factor that would definitely help at least make the people up here feel like that we're heard and represented in the way that we want. You hint at it. And I don't know if it's a rumor or not. Uh, I'll say it's a rumor for now. Word is maybe the irrigation district sold $10 million worth of water to L.A. County, Sacramento Mm -hmm. County, Bay Area to give them fresh water. While I understand California has always done that with our mountains, um, I understand the climate. It actually does rain here. It actually has snowed here, you know, Mm -hmm. snowmageddon and all, which is funny. But it has snowed here, and it doesn't do that stuff in San Diego, L.A., even Sacramento. doesn't happen in San Francisco. I understand as a state, and I know the politics are different, but I'm cool with the next person having enough water for whatever they need. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because we think of all the rich people in in, in LA and all these places, and there's regular folk just like us just trying to make it and stuff. So I understand that we've always supplied water, but selling that much and then cutting off the market that it's actually made in, it's a different story than us helping someone out. And I think that's where everyone's disconnected and that's where everyone's pissed off. Absolutely. Because that's exactly what it feels like is you're taking everything away from us to give it to somebody else. There's not even this whole idea of cut it back a little bit and ship it down there, whether or not, you know, there's a lot of different viewpoints on that part of it. But yeah, this idea that you're just going to cut us down to 18%, 18% doesn't even get you water in the canal to move the fucking debris, weeds and yeah, debris and shit way. in it. Yeah. Like that's not, and, and the fact that it's an open ditch, it's not piped. So the amount of water you lose in an open ditch is going to be Far more than obviously a pipe that's an running. aqueduct. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they want to say that they're going to use this money and this time to, um, of not having water in the ditch to like take care of the ditch. Well, if you're selling that water, like every ditch better be beautiful. And wh- why isn't that money being used to put in pipes and make it more efficient right off the bat? You know, so that some of that I feel like is stuff I'm still learning. I, you know, don't know all of it, but I'm trying to pick up as much as I can. But the people I'm paying the most attention to are the guys and the ladies that have been living here for 40 years and know this property. They know what it looks like to go through drought seasons and rain seasons. And, you know, those are the people I feel like we're leaning heavily on for knowledge. So do you think there's a reason behind them? Just trying to line their pockets. Do you think it's it's to it's to make everyone bend at the knee a little bit? I mean, what do you think's the reasoning? If you want to share, you don't have to. But if what do you think is the reasoning behind them doing this in the first place and announcing this so early? That was another yeah. thing that a lot of people were talking about. Um, I remember George helped me out with a little uh, reel I was making for a, a, a news station, and 
it was March and we were in the dry creek. Yeah. So at least since March, it's been shut off. And like you said, no choice. No choice. It just happened. Yeah. We just announced it on the news and it was over with. What do you think happened to the water? Um, like, what's up with the deal? So the rumor yeah, is, you know, that they shipped it down south to to the delta because the delta needs more fresh water to balance the salt water content for a specific kind of fish yeah. to survive. I don't remember so that the means name of the fish. It's not even, I do remember that rumor, yeah. Yeah, if that rumor is true, that means it's not even going to other so, fucking people. So we're we're <laughs> <Yeah>. literally <laughs> we're starving our lands, yeah. our cattle, and our people and our farms. Our farmlands, to, the, the to shit we protect eat. protect a, a fish at a, in a specific place part of the ocean not even that the fish is going to die if we don't do this it just might not be able to habitate that specific area but i'm sorry we have wildlife you know that their homes get burned down they have to remigrate people have to remigrate for other reasons but then we're again sacrificing our land and our freedom to protect an animal now i'm not saying that that's 100 percent true that's what i've heard i'm, I'm not an yeah. expert on this on the subject but that's one of the rumors that i've heard is that's why they they sent it down there and that's why the it's the environmentalists that are seeking for this water so they're the ones paying for it and but then right california in is going to be right on board with the environmentalist side so they're it's probably a california program that's paying this incentives and and you know i know there's around 850 to 900 uh irrigation people uh in our district and if they did get 10 million dollars for the water that's enough for about eleven thousand dollars per uh property for of irrigation uh to be able reinvested in and fixing and and helping people's irrigation be uh you know maintained maintained well and so obviously that's the amount of money they got to be able to do it we'll see what they accomplish with the money yeah i'm if, skeptical if the 10 million is is a true figure i'm skeptical of um this idea that they're gonna do all this work like you can say it but i'm very skeptical on if it's gonna happen is it gonna get done or are you just feeding us a line of fucking bullshit smoke so we'll shut up well, you get done what you whatever you want to get done. Because, like I said, what's that ten million? Who who determined the, the price of ten million? Because I guarantee you, every person that owns property here is not going to feel like ten million dollars is worth what it's costing all of us. So, who who got to decide that ten million dollars was a fair shake for for that? I know one of the guys, my my barber. I go to the Woody's Barber Shop in Cottonwood. And he Shout was telling out Woody. me a story. He's awesome. Shout out to Woody. Uh, he was telling me a story of one of his clients that's going to have to pay about $144,000 just in in hay and grass because he wasn't going to be able to let his, his cattle weren't going to have enough to free range anymore. And he had, you know, 600 acres and however many head of cattle. So it was going to cost him $12,000 a month, you know, just to subsidize the food that he was already getting with his irrigation money which was probably instead of 150 grand he was probably paying five or ten grand i don't know we pay you know eight hundred dollars for our seven and a half acres so i don't know what the math would be for him but i'm sure he's paying a few thousand but he's not paying to 150 thousand and so that's probably costing that guy you know 100 grand a year just to run his business and i'm sure there's many people like him out there that yeah. are dealing with i know of other people with cattle or yeah. you know goats or whatever they're whatever they're grazing and, and making money on and you trying to utilize the land you know, to live on, and it's definitely making people struggle. We've already known of a few people that have had smaller but significant enough, and they've sold off all their cattle just because of that exact reason. They can't afford that bill to feed them when there's no irrigation. Because normally they'd be 
irrigating, that would be right now, that would be two feet tall and just the most beautiful green you've ever seen. Yeah. And it's brown and foxtails and looks like shit. It's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, how about this? Because, I, you know, I bring this up to some people and, and it, it might sound offensive, but I promise it's not. With all this stuff going on, and we'll get into if the North State's starting to get a little too political here in a sec. With everything going on and things going the way they are currently, is there ever a thought as to, let's just get the hell out of California. Yes. And, and go do this somewhere else. So. <laughs> and then if that's the case, what keeps you guys here? I've wanted to leave for years. Um, my sister, I have one sister that lives in Spokane, but they're not far behind California. Washington's getting to be just as as bad. Um, and then I have a brother that just moved to Idaho and, uh, aside from the weather, I like the politics of it. I like some of the laws that they have a lot better, but the biggest thing that has kept us here has been his job. And he really, you know, is tied to that and, and whatnot. So it's hard for me to say like, just quit your job and let's go move. Um, and you know, it's hard too. Cause yeah, he has this, a different... is, this is our home you Yeah. Know, at the end of the day, like the, the politics, if they get worse or better, like if I'm not willing to stand and fight for my home and at least try to, to do what I can to change and influence the lives of people around me in a positive way, even if it is a shithole at times, then what am I willing to struggle for? You know, if, if it's not, if you don't feel like it's your home and you feel like you need to abandon your home and some people do and go search for a new home, that's fine. But right now, like, you know, this is, this has been our home and it just feels, yeah. it feels right to be here. And it's, I'll be damned if I'm not going to sit here and fight and give every breath I have to, to try to do what I can here before I, I abandon the, the thought and the dream, you know? I have a little bit more of a gypsy soul, I think, because I'm the one that's like, yeah, let's go live in Tennessee for a year and then let's go check somewhere else out. But that would that would only work if we didn't have jobs that were tied to where we live and tied to our community and stuff. So um, and he's right. And there's also a certain point of if you just kept running and you just kept moving every time you didn't like the politics of where you're living or you didn't like what was changing around you and you just kept moving basically it'll all be taken over like when like you said when are you going to make a stand and say no this is our home and this is not how things are going to happen like this is not how we treat our community this is the drug problem that exists here is out of this world and at some point we have to say no we're not going to run from it we're going to sit here and say it's not acceptable and we're going to do something about it Let's just get into it. Is the North State becoming a little too political for people like you guys? I mean, you guys have, you know, everyday Absolutely. type jobs. You guys grow your own food, make your own products, sell your own products to other little local businesses. Yeah. Is it, I mean, you say yes in the middle of of that. So, I hate asking, like, how is it going to be solved? No. You yeah, know, because yeah, it's like, yeah. who knows? Yeah. But, like, if it's starting to become too political, then what's the next step? Because they're... It's just a lot of stuff that just doesn't add up to me. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other people see it. Um, I think the first step's already started. The first step happened when the beautiful women, uh, shout out Alyssa McEwen with Red, White, and Blueprint. Uh, it started right there. Grassroots movements like that, getting involved in your community and doing something about it. Whether or not, um, like, so they unseated Leonard Modi. 
I think that's fantastic because I did not care for what he was doing. I didn't care for how he treated the public, uh, which is on full display in every aspect. So definitely like, aired some stuff. That exactly. He did not care. I don't have to say anything about that guy for it to be well True. known. But the the thing has already started. It's the women, it's the families, it's the people of the community coming together and saying like, no, you are not doing a good job as a elected or a voted in representative. You're not doing a good job. We're pulling you and we're putting in somebody else, but it takes being involved in it. It takes following what's going on. It takes caring about your community and caring about who we have in these positions because the second you don't care an idle mind is the devil's playground. The second you turn your back on what your administration, your county, your school boards, what they're doing, the second you don't pay attention, that's the door. That's the opening for one bad seed, one bad person to come in and fuck everything up. And so it's a community job. It's just as as important as taking care of your own family is taking care of your community. And I think that we've had a lot of good steps in that direction, but it's going to take everybody being mindful of it. What do you guys think about basically every incumbent getting reelected? I am not happy about it. It definitely seems a little suspicious. But yeah. That's, I mean, that's just kind of what has, we've, I think, learned to accept here in America is that, you know, the establishment seems to win a the, lot the, more. The, t- the table is tilted a than little. Than the underdog. Yeah. And We're lucky if we get to choose the lesser of two evils. So we only get so we only get presented here. Look at these two shit candidates, or look at these two shit options. Pick which one you think is the least bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I think with the incumbents, oh, like he said, suspicious. I just. I mean, only one or two of the races are headed for yeah. runoffs, which is uh, District One. Uh, I believe District One is uh, Browning and, and Kelstrom, mm-hmm. and District Five between Resner and um, Kevin Cry. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. Ke- yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there we go. We shall see. Let's 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 hope for Kelstrom there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so who's behind this acid thing? Who's uh, who, whose decision is it really to? I mean, is it Anderson Mayor? Is it the whole city? Is it you know? Is there any writing influence? So I'm, I'm not sure on the politics of how the organization was created. Yeah, that's what I I'm just still know, learning. I know that basically what my understanding is is that. The ACID district was created to represent and help manage and maintain the irrigation canal for all of the members. So the district is supposed to work for and work on behalf of the district and uh, that it represents. So all the members it represents. Yeah, so that would be all of us that pay So, <laughs> And there's supposed to be a contract basically in there. And, and again, this is stuff I've heard from Barbershop Talk where um, they were saying that they're supposed to be holding the water for us and giving it to us in times of drought. That's their whole purpose is to, when it, when we have good water, they help to manage and maintain that. So that way in times of lesser water that we're still continuing to get the acid irrigation, but, uh, and they're also not sp- supposed to be able to restrict us from our water. We're supposed to have a hundred percent rights. And so that's why the whole, um, process of them shutting us off of it is so controversial right now is because they're technically supposed to be going against their own written contract that we have signed that's 108 years old. Um, so th- that's why they're actually being sued right now in a federal court state yep. uh, and a state court uh, by 
by some of the acid uh, organizations up here right now in Shasta County. I do feel like I can't necessarily like put my finger on it's this person's fault or that this person's crooked. Um, but I can feel it in my gut that there's just something, something's not right. Right. You know, obviously we've gotten to this point and it's not as something's not right right now, but something's not been right for a while because look how far we've gotten to the point where now we don't have any water. So um, I think, and that's what we're doing right now as I sit here and I'm saying like, you need to be involved in your community and you need to know what's going on. Well, this is our first year as being somebody that owns irrigation property or stuff like that. So we have to learn. We have to put ourselves in the positions to go to those meetings, to talk to the neighbors, to talk to the people that have been here and, and be open-minded and learn. And, um, I try really hard not to form an opinion until I feel like I've gotten all the information. Um, but the, the honest truth about this, especially for acid irrigation people is it's not easy to be just logical. This is something that is going to hit the emotional part of every single person that is part of this because you're fucking with their livelihood, you know, their land, all that stuff. It can affect wells. It, it, it affects our gardens, our livestock, everything. So we literally wake up and see it every single day. Yeah. Every single. So it's every single day. It's something that's on our mind, in our eyes, in our hearts and in our thoughts every day. And yeah. you can't help. I mean, can, but look out there every 10 minutes and you're just like, fuck. That, you know, it, it was luscious and green last August. When it, the end of summer, it was 110. Everywhere else was dry and crisp, and this place was green and luscious, and it was 10 degrees cooler here than it was by 273. Right. Yeah. You know. And you would walk on it. Like, that was what sold us on this property. When we first walked in here, it just felt like you came, like, because you come down Spring Gulch Road, and it doesn't look so great at the beginning. And it's like, oh, I don't know. And then you pull into this piece of property, and it just feels like life is here. Like, all around you, the birds, the butterflies, the trees, just, just the trees, yeah. everything, and the way it felt coming in, and then now it's just not that. And so I think it, you can't sit there and, and only have these logical solutions because there's too much emotions involved in all of these decisions. So... That's going to be a hard one because not everybody's emotionally intelligent and not everybody knows how to work through their own shit and get to like solutions and the heart of problems and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a sticky one. I think it's going to be sticky and uh, I'm nervous to see how it goes next year and what happens next year is, oh, the next yeah. time they have yep, the next yeah. cycle because I don't know. I don't know that. Hmm. I don't know. They're going to release any again? No, I don't I don't know that our community is going to stand for it. Gotcha. I think that you try to do that again, and there's going to be a lot of pissed off fucking people. Like, you got this one. You got us good right now, but fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I don't think so. <laughs> fool me three times, fuck the peace sign, right, George? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No way, man. <laughs> Fuck the peace. <laughs> On that note, let's take a break real quick. Shout out and thank you to Black Rose Coffee and Tea. And thank now, you. a word from them. This episode of the Blake Mayfield Podcast is brought to you by Black Rose Coffee and Tea. Are you starting a brand new diet and want something organic and delicious? Want to support a locally owned and operated family business? Have you ever tried peanut butter in your coffee? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should try out Black Rose Coffee and Tea. At Black Rose Coffee and Tea, you'll find all sorts of pairings you won't find anywhere else, such as the white chocolate and peanut butter blend called the Ecstasy, 
organic on tap kombucha, and the chance to make your furry best friend Instagram famous through their at dogs of Black Rose page. Visit Black Rose Coffee and Tea at 9539 Old Oregon Trail in Redding, California, open seven days a week. Bring the kids, dogs, or whoever you hold near and dear to you and rethink the way you coffee today. Lead, lead back in with but that. Oh, no, yeah. Everyone has their own uh, little juice, their own little. Yeah, why aren't Touch we recording on. this right now? Oh, we are. Just, oh, okay. yeah, don't incriminate yourself, guys. I, okay. I, I just hit play. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I like catching George off good, guard. Good. I, I remember George said something pretty personal. And, you know, George, <laughs> I actually, listening to it back, I actually feel bad now. Oh. You know what episode I'm talking about. I know what I was and saying. you had to expose your secret to the world. And we would go to all these different places uh, that I won't name. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you would tell people openly. And I'm like, why is George doing this? This is so weird. I would never share this information to the public. Um, and I was like, oh, because I put it on the podcast. I'm like, that was kind of an asshole move by me. So. Uh. <laughs> And here I am over here like, what are you talking about? So I'm going to have to go watch whatever. I'll, all I'll the tell you guys okay, after. Okay. I'll tell you guys after. You guys might have even listened to it, especially Deej. You know, you guys might have listened to it at, at the spot. So let's get into this mental health as a business owner. Oh, yeah. Alicia, this is something you wanted to talk about, and you brought it up during the break. And it's a great point yes. because it's something that, you know, when I sit down with certain figures and whatnot, especially people that I – think are in high places here in the county or, or of high yeah. prestige. I do like asking them just how they're doing. Yeah. Um, this is something originally I was not going to ask just because I sometimes it's on my brain, sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Mental health as a business owner and a, a female business owner, for that mm-hmm. matter, in California in 2022, inflation and stuff's at an all-time high, being as self-sufficient as possible with no water for the first time in 108 years. Yeah. There's a lot of firsts. Coming along Absolutely. right now. And we talked about it earlier, but what is the mental health aspect and, and the personal inward feelings of a, of a business owner dealing with all this right now? Um, speaking from only my perspective, um, I feel like, A, we don't talk about it enough. So I, I feel like the people that are starting businesses sometimes struggle more inwardly than they like to show because we don't see the bigger the bigger fish like talking about how they care for their mental health, how they deal with the stress, how they deal with the constant changing, how they manage, you know, family life with that. Like you'll get a general broad fucking statement, but there's no like, this is what I'm doing. So the, I think the biggest difference for me is that I have chosen a long time ago that vulnerability is going to be the thing that I'm strongest at. So vulnerability means that I'm honest. It means that I talk about the fact that I go to therapy once a week and that it's super fucking helpful. Um, it means that I, I'm not afraid to ask for help if I really think I need it. And I think that the biggest way to get over some of those stigmas and to actually help people is to have people that are vulnerable and willing to share. Knowing very well, I'm taking the risk of being hurt. I'm taking the risk of people knowing things about me that like, man, I get really overwhelmed doing the sales part of this. DJ kills it. He's so fucking good at it. And his numbers are on point, but that makes me so anxious. I can sit there and I can make you a brand new recipe and I can put something together no problem. And I love it. And that's the joy in it for me. And being on the farm is the joy in it. But the second I got to start putting pricing together, oh, shit, I hate that. Fuck that shit. He's all about it, though. He's great. You know, so um, I think part of it is just acknowledging it, acknowledging that it's there, acknowledging that, like, saying, yeah, hey, 
Deej, I need help with this because I'm just not, I can't do it right now or I'm struggling, you know. So mental health, I think, in general, like in Shasta County as a business owner is not common enough. Not, it, it's getting there. It's not talked about by other business owners? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, not talked about, not participated in. Not uh, something that's maybe on their radar necessarily. So I think that's why I'm also so open about it because I want to see other people realize that it's okay to need help, to get help, to seek help, or just to seek um, better health mentally. You know, uh, I did hear it on the Armchair Experts podcast with Dax Shepard and his wife, Kristen, and they were talking about going to couples therapy. And they obviously have their acting careers. They have two children. They have a Hello Bello freaking baby company, you know. They're, these are busy people. And they talk about going to therapy and what it does for their relationship and their business relationship. And hearing the way that she spoke about therapy, I think, was the biggest thing that got me to go, this isn't so bad. Maybe I should really like delve into this and look at it. And her argument for it, you know, against the stigma is that if we break our arm or we get sick, we're going to go to the doctor. We're not just going to hide it and not tell anybody and just let nature take its course, you know. No, you're going to go to the doctor. If your brain is broken, if something's not working, if you're emotionally struggling, you should be going to see a doctor. Seek that help, whether that's a therapist, a pastor, um, you know, one of these online type therapy things. I think those are important. So I think if you, I think you cannot be your best possible business owner if you don't even address your mental health at all. Because if you're focused on everything else, you can only pour so much from your cup without pouring back into it. And filling up in another way. So I think that part's really important. I mean, overall here in Shasta County, do you think it's not discussed enough between business owners and it's there? Or do you think they don't discuss it because it's not on their radar and they don't experience that? I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. I think we're kind of in a, uh, almost an awakening right now. I don't know really know else to call it, but I kind of see the difference of our generation and then the generation below us. And those, the ones below us are starting to start businesses and do things. And they're way more game to like talk about mental health and get not even have that stigma and talk about either online therapy or art therapy or whatever they're doing, or just the fact that, Hey, I've experienced trauma in some way Our our generation. And then older than us. No. Oh goodness. No, no. Oh, the boomers don't even, it doesn't no, even yeah. exist. Not even the, um, not even just the boomers, but like Gen Xers. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still kind of taboo and so I feel like we are straddling this spot where that real transition is happening and so to me it's exciting and I love it and I think it's great and we totally have a lot of work to do but man am I so fucking happy that I get to be a business owner that gets to sit out there and say fuck yes seek mental health seek that for yourself and and just to encourage it and that's going to look different for everybody and I think the more that we say it's okay to need help, the more people are going to actually seek that fucking help because they're going to feel like they don't have to hide the fact that they need it. Like if you, if you don't feel shame from it and you don't feel like you can't ask for it, it's a lot easier to go say, Hey, I need, I need somebody to talk to professionally. You know, people, people forget, people forget in the, 
in today's day that, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think and how you feel. And that's really all that matters. And if you feel like you need help, then you get, you get the help you need. And that's, that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you bring up the fact that this generation definitely feels like transitory, um, mm-hmm. you know, millennials and, uh, Gen Zers. Yeah. Gen Zers, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I like, is it Gen right. Z? Yeah. yeah. Gen X, Gen Z. Um, you know, people our age, you know, George age and, and my age, it's not taboo and there's a lot, it's the information era. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that I think we're going to accomplish a lot of shit. Oh yeah. I just really the do. fact that I, you I think our get... generation will do like, yeah. I just, I, George and I, look, people could say what they want about San Francisco as a whole. We were there last weekend and between just the weather and just what they have going on, like the Google headquarters are there, yeah. all these different things. It just feels very present. Okay. You know, like just well, just technology and just information and yeah. stuff like that. And I feel like that helps out. Very now. Like, right. It feels very right. like right now. This yeah. is what's happening. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, with this stuff that previous generations didn't have, you know, it's like, oh, other people feel like this mental health wise yes. or other people like this video on TikTok. Other people think so-and-so is a, a goat or, you know, it's yeah. just, so-and-so is, you know, whatever, you know, however stories get out there. Um, I guess my overall point before I start rambling mm-hmm. is just. I think that we have a lot of potential. Yeah, we do. And I think it's And these things aren't taboo. No. And that's and, a good thing. And it's happening quickly because you can see it in things like, um, and I, I'm obviously we're not sponsored by them in any way or anything, but better help. Fucking whoever's idea that was, like, good on you because you're able to reach people that are so in a shitty place mentally that sometimes even getting out to find a professional seems impossible. But the fact that they can access it from their home, from a phone, from a computer, you're giving them an advantage to getting up off their feet, to getting or to getting them off their knees and however they're feeling. So I think that that's one of the coolest transitions I've seen is how readily readily available it's being made and how much, like you said, your guys' generation is way more open to it from the beginning. And like kudos to you guys too because – if you have older parents, some of them probably are just like, ah, oh, I don't want to hear about it. Like, yeah, uh, you like, know, like they call you a, a, a pussy or they, yes. they call you whatever. It's like, yeah. And you guys just, just brush it off it. a lot easier yeah, than I feel like it. our okay. generation did. So, but we did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> George, you want to get in here and ask anything? Do you have any sort of comment or anything? I, I don't know if anyone no, wants to like, hear from I you. I think people need to understand that they matter. And, um, you're a huge character, in our, and I, I know it's selfish, but in my life, and, you know, everyone. Everyone's the main character to themselves. Yeah, but people still view you, and they miss you not to be in the book, you know? Yeah, you're still important to people, even if you don't feel like you are. Yeah. That's why there's one, um, there's a saying that I've seen before where they're talking about suicide and how that pain isn't taken away when you commit suicide, it's passed on to other people. Yep. And it's the it's the concept of those other people are tied to you. Like, you matter to them. And they care about whether or not you are there the next day. And a lot of times with mental health illnesses, those motherfuckers can trick you into thinking some stupid-ass shit that is not true and is not what your family thinks about you or your friends think about you. And so getting that help can mean the difference between whether or not you have those connections and and live a good and happy life. So, yeah. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about, and I don't know how to transition to, I'll be honest, but I want to yeah. talk about this. Let's talk about just the ingredients and the stuff that goes into 
the peanut butter bars and the oat bars and just all the different foods and stuff that you make and being grown here and also being dairy free, soy free, gluten free. Yeah. That matters a ton, but what's the cost of it? And then how tough is it to keep it all so healthy and uh, excluding big things yeah. that are usually prevalent in bakeries? So right now we're not technically growing anything on the farm that's going into those peanut butter bars or, or the oatmeal bars. Um, okay. That's because, I, like I said, our farm's so little. We're still working on this is our first year of planting stuff. But when we source stuff, um, this whole inflation thing, I feel like things have more than doubled in cost. They've been a lot harder to get. But I, I'm very picky about where I source some of this stuff from because it's important to me that, like, the ingredients I'm using, if I'm claiming it's gluten-free, I want to know that my ingredients are also, like, known to be gluten-free. Not just that it doesn't say that it's on the label, because I don't want to provide somebody with something that could be potentially harmful. You know, so that's really important to me, is knowing that those ingredients are what they say they are. So, but he's more, he's more the cost guy, so he's been keeping up with those numbers. So I think he might be the one to answer some of that a little bit better well you know what that's a good transition because i was wanting to ask you Deej, about your relationship with george you guys are co-workers and you have been doing what you've been doing for 10 years now right have you been there nine ten years yep, yep. so seeing some people come and go what is george like how, how does he uh <laughs> i feel like i'm ranking like an nba player how does he stack up against the greats <laughs> george is a great cat man yeah he's a good what's dude. that like uh, he he's always bringing positive energy. He's you know, he's always helping the team, doing what he has to do. He's a great learner. Uh, it's gr- it's great to you know have him have him in there and and meet him. He, he obviously introduced me to you, uh, and and this has been a great experience Absolutely. for us. So we appreciate it. Uh, Sportsman's Expo here. in April. Yeah, you, you sold me a bag of jerky. Yeah, so so doing sales and you know growing a small business is something that you know that I've I've kind of learned. My dad was in sales my whole life. It's kind of been something in my blood and so uh helping alicia you know growing her business with the sales side of it and the numbers side of it is kind of my bread and butter and uh you know making sure that she's not underselling her product and undercutting herself like she always does she <laughs> she likes to undervalue herself and she doesn't understand the value of her product um so you know she she has to remember and realize that what she's creating is not something that can be created by a lot of other people and so that's that's where the value comes from it's it's not not what you're doing, but it's it's the fact that you nobody can do it like you. Yeah, I actually have to add right there. What he just did is exactly what um, business owners and mental health. That's what we need to talk about. Is that I? That's what I just need. the encouragement. The encouragement from the right people, though. Like the the person that I know believes in me knows that when I feel like I'm at my wits end or I don't know if I can do this business anymore because of inflation, because of how much it costs. Now gas is a fucking million. Like, is this even worth my time? Like, what am I, what am I doing? Should I just go work it in and out for starting at 20 bucks an hour or whatever? Ridiculous. You know what I mean? So the important part is talking about the fact that I need that encouragement. I need that person in my corner to remind me on those really hard days why I'm doing this business. And so that is how mental health ties into running a business is making sure that you have that support around you. And, and, you know, nobody's looking to get rich. We're just looking to be able to provide as much as we can to help sustain the lifestyle we're looking for, which is enough to, you know, grow the food, live off the land and enjoy our lives. And that's all we're looking for. And that's all we want. And, you know, we're willing to work as hard as we have to to get there. 
and she's yeah. able to produce amazing products, which should be the easy segue to, to to the end goal that we're looking for. And all we have to do is really spread the word and get people out there to try it. And once everybody you know gets a taste, I'm sure they're gonna you know find which product, whether it's the the breads, the the cookies, the brownies. I'm looking forward to the, the bread. oatmeal bars. Yeah, uh, I mean she's got we so many different things she can do, and then you know. Who knows where it's going to go beyond that? It could be. It could end up going beyond just baked goods. Maybe. Maybe it ends up going to, you know, meals and yeah. other, you know, farm to table, you know, dinner yeah. packages. Maybe we're, you know, expanding into. We've got too many and, ideas. And eggs, <laughs> and I'd love to, be, you know, do ham and and beef, and you know, maybe we're mm. able to, you know, they have those things now <laughs> where you, you're 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 joining clubs and you're paying thirty, forty, fifty bucks. Uh, you know, a plate and you're getting food delivered to your house every week and you're getting a whole meal and, you know, all you have to do is unpack it and cook it right there. And Yeah, like a, a 30 subscription bucks? box. <laughs> hey, 30 yeah. bucks is a deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's actual. <laughs> that's just a random number. Let's just be clear. Just being honest. Yeah. Yeah, just, 30 yeah. bucks a meal, I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I think part of it, too, behind that is um, wanting to provide a product for other people like me. Because I struggled when I first got diagnosed with the gluten-free, soy-free, all that stuff. I was in my early 20s. And there, that was, you know, so long ago, there really wasn't gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free options for much food. And what was out there tasted like fucking cardboard mashed up with ground leaves and some grass. Like, yeah. it was gross. It's pretty bad, some yeah. of that stuff, yeah. But it's come a long way. And so that's that was the biggest thing was I spent so long working on it that I was like, well, let's just make it to where it tastes like the real stuff. Because I already have, like, I know what whiskey tastes like. I can't have that shit. That sucks. <laughs> so, like, right. the good things is, like, I already know what I'm aiming for, so I feel like I had a little bit of an, a competitive edge there of knowing what brownies are supposed to taste like, but then figuring out what flowers do I need to use. And it was so much trial and error of so many thrown away batches or, like, things oh, yeah. that just didn't taste That's good. That's people don't talk about. It's just, yeah. Yes. Like, most people probably don't even know, like, how many different kinds of flour there are. Yeah. Like, do you know that there's, you know, potato flour, rice flour, coconut flour, flour, oat flour, yeah. there's like, like all the, sorts of, yeah. And, and different flours act differently and make different types of, um, you know, some make better breads or some make better cakes, some make better cookies, some hold together well, some fall apart more. Some, yeah. So, I mean. And gluten-free baking is different than regular baking because depending on the flour you're using, you have to be very conscientious of the liquid you're putting in because some of those gluten-free flours are a lot, they hold a lot more moisture or they need a lot more moisture to do what a normal wheat flour would do because gluten is actually the protein in it and that's what makes everything stretchy. So if you are making like French bread and you can roll it out and you can knead it and stretch it, Mm. that's because of the gluten that's in it and the protein gluten-free is lacking that so you'll use things like xanthan gum or sorghum flour and it's kind of sciencey i guess it's it's a mixture of science and art what is that stuff i've always like i see xanthan gum on like organic ice cream and then like i I just i see it on a ton of things what's xanthan gum they're all they're all binding agents is what it is so the gluten is a binding agent so it helps hold all the ingredients together like you said think of it like a like a gum like if you're mixing gum with a bunch of stuff so the xanthan gum is Obviously, some kind of a gum type. Yeah, I don't know substance. exactly where that comes it, from. Yeah, I don't know how it, they they come up with it, but 
it it serves the same purpose. It's a binding agent. It helps hold everything together. But it's sorghum, like a stabilizer. Yeah, but sorghum okay. is also like that. So sorghum gum or sorghum flour, you can use that as a thickener and like sauces and gravies and stuff. You can grow it. It is the first original. Actually, Jess was watching this. It's the what corn actually was when you think of the first Thanksgiving and Native Americans. It's not the corn that we have now with the big yellow kernel that's not it it was way more like sorghum and that looks like the stalk of the corn and then it has these cool little like flowery things at the top and that's what you would take off and you can grind that into flour you can use it as the thickener you can then break the bottom of the cane of that and it's sweet and so you can use that as a sweetener so it's really a versatile plant and that will be something that we eventually plant here on the farm to be able to use that because you can use that in beauty products you can use it in food and it's natural so a, a lot of it has been figuring out how we can put more natural products into these foods and make them something that tastes good and that people like me who do have those allergies can have access to good food and not like boxed garbage and yeah. and everything we grow here will be 100 percent organic yeah. by the way too we're not there's no no other no like additives or anything. No it's pesticides. That's no awesome. Molasses, nothing. manure. That's cool. And, you know, water. That's probably the extent of the diet that most of our yeah our plants are going to be getting. And most people don't say that we're so lucky that, but we are. We're so lucky. We have neighbors that give us their horse shit <laughs> for free. Is it okay if I give a round of applause? Yeah. 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 I had to make sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's it's, very cool. There's a a lot of people. Oh yeah, look at that sunset. That's amazing. Again, being outdoors, there's not a lot of noise out here, which is very nice. I mean, you get the birds, though. It's quiet. Yeah. It's very tranquil. At it's night, nice. I've told him before, one of the things, I'm nervous to, like, open it up to public, but I'd love to do it with a big group of friends. Um, everybody bring a, a tent and, like, camping and camp out here because when it's quiet at night, you can see all the stars mm. and the crickets. And I'd love to plan it for uh, when we have like a new moon because the moon gets so bright and out here it just shines the most beautiful light and you can see all the stars and you hear the crickets. Oh, there's just nothing like it. There's just <laughs> nothing like it on the farm, man. George, what's been your favorite moment about working with, with DJ over here, man? Uh, just, uh, there's always a little something, something in like every hour and it's moments. And uh, DJ's really good with numbers and knows how to uh, change pace. Like, the speed, like, from going doing one thing to another is just crazy. And, and you know, I feel like everyone has, like, a, a superpower, like me and DJ are talking, where like, we specialize, bring something, the comedy relief, or just, you know, get our, get our spirits You are right. good at the comic relief. Yeah. Or just, you know, working and working through stuff. It, it's, it goes by quick. Yo, the comic relief is, like, your three-pointer. Like some some games you go two for ten, but sometimes you go like seven for seven, and like the whole energy of the building is different, and yeah. you just all that. Um, what about this, guys? As I totally spaced what I was going to ask next. To be honest with you, I was going to I was going to ask y'all a question about. Uh, oh, is this true? Is this true? I'm going to ask you. Is it true he plays this? podcast as much as he says he says he plays like every day he's like oh the guys are eating it up ah, is that true like is he bsing me there's at least usually multiple times a week that the podcast is being played yes so i wouldn't say every day but i would say multiple times a week i'd say two two to three times would be pretty common 
my my and, brother. And and if no <laughs> and if for some reason nobody else is having it, he's probably playing it in his in his uh, in his ear headphones. You know, making making yeah. sure he's he's critiquing okay. his work. That sounds like commitment to your craft there, George. Your yeah, boys, your boys I committed. appreciate it. He is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool, man, cool. So what's I, – I just want to know for critics' sake, you can be honest with me, or your audience' sake, what is the vibe when the shit comes on? doesn't matter what we're talking about. What's the vibe in the room? Is everyone like, turn that shit off, or it does it rock? Is it cool? Or do you, do you guys have to be like, nah, give it a chance. Nah, my boy. Like, what's the attitude when it comes on? You can be honest. Well, I'm always cheering for George, so I'm always I'm always like, hey, no, no, it's my boy's hey. pot. You got to listen to the pot. He gets a couple of haters in the building, but you know, hi Rick. You know, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, Rick's been on here like four times. That that's gotta, what gives me. I'm like, you've been on here like three or four. Like, hi, right, man. You got to let your haters be your motivator. Yeah, right? that's man. He just so. read my mind. Man, oh, I woke up from a nap the other day, and George texted me saying, "Rick said that you didn't have your Rams pick right." I hit this motherfucker and said. I had Rams and Warriors at Christmas. Don't hit me about this again. I said something like that. I was like, don't text me this again. I'm like, I had Rams and Warriors at Christmas. I have the sound bite. Don't even. I don't even remember that, but Rick Rick was like, yeah. And yeah, I, what did he say? I, I, I think he did flip. Because he's for point. sure going to listen to this, so hi, Rick. Like, he's for sure, you know what I mean? <laughs> for sure, he is. Yeah, he listens he, to hey, it he's anyway. he's your number one fan. He already said it. I dude. mean, shout out to Rick. I, I don't. That's the funny right. thing is, George thinks I have, like, legit beef with yeah. Rick. He's like, when are you guys going to beat each other's ass? And I'm like. <laughs> it's more of, like, a feel to, like, hey, you got it. It's almost like a hater, but we need a hater. George so is just feeding well the fire. He just, he just yeah. wants to see a little fire, that's all. Hey, man, if you hate but tune in every time, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like That's not hate. That's he undercover don't hate. love. He just. He just a hard. I don't critique. even gotta That's say all. it. Undercover lover. Like undercover lover is oh my god, <laughs> undercover lover. <sighs> all right. Um, <laughs> well, I don't even remember what I was. Oh, so I guess the pod does well. Is 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 the answer to that in the building? Yeah, yeah. For the most okay. part, like I said, he gets That's a little, good. He he gets a little critique from everybody, but you know. No, yeah, honestly, nobody, hate, nobody hates hard. You know? I, I want the hate just so we need uh, criticism where like, hey, what, what do you want to get better? And I always bring it back to Blake. Yeah. So What's the, I don't like calling it hate. What is the critique? What's the criticism? What's something that it's like that could be better or it's like that needs to get cut? The constructive criticism. Yeah. Let's, let's be nice about it though. <laughs> I, think, I mean, you could be honest. I, I no, don't. I think right there, I I'm only pointing it out because I think people use that as a a second right there to just not be nice. But just like you're starting something, we're starting something. I don't need somebody to be an asshole to me. I need you to tell me where I can actually get better. What yeah. actually works, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well you guys just, did it right off the bat with this fucking plugging in the microphone shit. I noticed that was awesome. Well, what happened? Because the the Chad Hops and Vines one was harder to hear. And then your next one, your next podcast that I watched, you could just hear your audio was so much better. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That, was, yeah, yeah. that was so much better. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, that, that, that did help. But what uh, constructive criticism do you guys have right now, For if you have any for Blake? Or, or do the boys have? No, like... I think I've already kind of told George, you know, uh, just helping to steer and navigate the conversation in a little more of a, of a stronger manner sometimes. Don't be afraid to. I'm not saying it has to happen all the time, but, you know, sometimes some of your uh, pods in the past, I, I noticed some of the people maybe steered the questions in a way that they weren't answering necessarily the way that I felt like 
I would have liked to hear them answer or the, maybe the way you were hoping they would answer. And so maybe, you know, and, and I understand too, you also don't want to come back and repeat yourself and say the same question twice. So it's, it's definitely hard. I'm sure as somebody asking questions like that, but I think that's, that's the, the biggest thing that anybody can work on. Obviously I'm being better at doing podcasting is just trying to get the question answered that you're trying to ask the right way, you know? And so, I think you're doing great at it. You're doing yeah. better than I could ever imagine, Thank you, you know, that I would ever do. But, you know, I'm sure that's probably, in my head, that's the only thing that I can see you continuing to work on to, to make your success great. Because you're already a great communicator. Mm-hmm. You have a great tone. Uh, you, you know, you're never intimidating, never aggressive. But you're, you, you do seem serious and, and genuine in, all, you know, your approach. So Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's actually very nice. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. okay, how about this? Do I curse too much? George says the guys are like, eh, like that's a little much. If someone comes in, you open the door. Do I curse too much? You can I, be honest. I did make a joke to George uh, on Friday when I was leaving that I was going to give you a five curse word limit for the whole show for the hour. So <laughs> I, I don't even think I heard you say more than like two or three. I, saying, I think I'm about like three, maybe you four. Did, they were very sly and they were appropriate, so it's all good. Yeah. I did feel like there was a couple – where I, I joke with George, I'm like, dude, this guy's dropped like six F-bombs in the last 20 minutes. And I'm like, this is getting a little rough. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to tell somebody when they curse too much. I'm going to tell somebody when that's more than I like to hear. But he's fucking married to me over here, and I curse oh. like a sailor. So I highly uh. disagree with that assessment. The more fucks you want to throw in, the better. <laughs> I think they're great. I, I she, she said more curse words, I think, out of this pod. Than yeah, probably. Sorry if somebody doesn't like it, but that's, I, that's it, what it look, is. Look, it's it's the pod. Yeah. It's chill over here. People know the vibe. But no, I try not to. I'll tell you what. I did the Post Malone album review a few days ago. I said a lot of curse words. I was like, I even afterwards was like, damn. <laughs> like, I said fuck at least 60 times. And like, literally, I'm like, that was... That was uncomfortable. So I, I do I do try to watch it, especially yeah. when I have certain figures, certain people on, uh, you know, or just the environment. If I know I'm going to come in and it's someone on a campaign trail, if I come in and it's someone in a position of power, they're going to want more scripted stuff. Yes. They're not going to want to go off course, and it's got to be professional. Yeah. We're this, like, we're outside. We're, like, drinking beer and shit. Like, we're just hanging out. Like, yeah, and this I is think... super chill. Like, I, I could say fuck. Yeah. The only <laughs> word... that Miranda yeah. Cosgrove? We just, like... What's your favorite curse word? Probably back. The only one I'm um, opposed to is the the four letter C word. I'm not yeah, a fan, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, well, that even the rough. F word is rough. Uh, like, I don't even want to say it again the rest of the pod now. Like the F word's rough. That's a big one. I th- I think that's the I think that's the worst curse word. I do. Oh man, I don't. You don't think so? No. You, you think it's the four letter well that or ankle. Because an oh, ankle's God. three feet lower than the c word. Think about it. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> I'll tell. I'll tell you off the air. Okay, yeah. all right. Is it ankle? <laughs> there's people. There's people wait, on wait. here that will understand what I mean, I'm talking about. George, what's an ankle? <laughs> <laughs> all right, hold on. All right, you know what? We're gonna pause this. I gotta know what an ankle is. We'll be right back. You, you, one hundred thousand percent said. That you were going to make the comment that it is like Italy out here. It's 9 o'clock. It's Saturday night. Putting this up tomorrow, Sunday. It is nice out here. <laughs> it is beautiful. I don't think you should have lights. Oh, my bad. It's really nice out here. Uh, peaceful. You can, uh, I think the lighting makes us focus here. And then, like, just seeing the 
in the background, the nice farmland. It's just real peaceful. Tranquil. Tranquil. Thanks. Yeah, 100,000 percent. That's what we're going for. Yeah. This is easily one of the most unique podcasts we've done um, just because I'm at someone else's house. It's usually not their house if I'm going somewhere. Uh, you guys cooked for us. It was all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, George, do, do you think they buttered us up? They so, did butter us up. So we took it easy. <laughs> Maybe just a little. <laughs> I'm joking, but thank you guys for the hospitality. It is very much appreciated over here. I want to talk about this, guys. I want to announce this, I suppose. Yeah. You guys are the brand new sponsors of... The Blake Mayfield Podcast, sponsor number four yes, in sir. 2022 and fourth overall. Another round of applause. <laughs> My brother. My brother. <laughs> Wait till you hear this back. Dude, and listen how so close funny. I get to them. <laughs> is, I bet these guys are like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, you guys are the brand new sponsors. Fourth one this year. So thank you very much. Yeah, um, Once I had the peanut butter bars, and this is an advertisement. Uh, once I had them, my life changed entirely. Uh, go down to Black Rose Coffee and see and find yourself some peanut butter bars by Spring Gold Farms. Located in Anderson. How good are the peanut butter bars, Jorge Torres? Amazing. With those, with those brownies? Oh, with yeah. With the coconut whip? Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Were those homemade brownies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually sell those. Wait. We're going to be trying to put those <laughs> in a couple more places and stuff. But yeah, those are homemade. I actually adapted those to be gluten-free, dairy-free off of my mom and my <sighs> grandma's recipe. So that was that's a labor of love. It's got chocolate chips so in you, it. You should just tell them a list right now of all your products you have approved. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> there you go. What did you just get approved? <laughs> we... Uh, Sell right now the gluten-free oatmeal bars, um, which have chocolate chips, cranberries, raisins, peanut butter, all that good high-protein stuff um, without a ton of sugar. So that one's sweetened with agave and maple syrup, so you don't have added, you know, corn syrup, stuff like that. And then the uh, peanut butter bars have butterscotch chips, pretzels, oatmeal, peanut butter, peanut butter chips. There's definitely blue agave in that as well, right? Yes, yep, there's agave. Yep, there's agave, there's maple syrup, um, a lot of those sunflower mm. seeds, pumpkin seeds, all the good stuff, but it is the more decadent version of the oatmeal bars. So we have those. We also do uh, my favorites, lemon sugar cookies, and we just mm. did a lemon lavender sugar cookie, which we saw George there at the har- uh, Lavender Harvest Fest. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. So we did some lavender brownies. We did lavender loaf so like a pound cake loaf we just got approval on those so we're gonna figure out packaging and try to get those into stores pretty soon too that's awesome yeah we're really excited we've got some plans for like some spices and which will be stuff that we do produce off of the farm here with herbs and things that we grow Um, some salt mixes things like that and then sooner hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be doing like trail mixes and some of those you know like dry cake mixes type thing so we've got lots of fun stuff in the works i did not discover till i was 22 years old that i um and in fact lactose intolerant so the fact that you guys are going to give free food and full disclaimer free food for me and george on the yes. pod yeah in return for the sponsorship ad that's amazing my stomach will never be upset again yeah peanut butter bars the i i'm gonna be 100 percent transparent with you guys yeah I literally thought those brownies were Safeway brownies and not that they were bad. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, these are like store bought. But like, they're so, I don't know. They're so, like, with the coconut, it's like ice cream. It's yeah. weird. Rich. And I, yes. And I don't have a stomach ache. Uh-uh. That's how I knew. I'm like, okay, something's up with these brownies because yeah. you got to get a stomach ache. 
That's awesome. Those are gluten-free and dairy-free? Gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free. That's awesome. So. What's up? Those ones in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made those. No, they're all gone. <laughs> they're like the whole play <laughs> got smacked. Yeah, 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 they're yeah. gone. They're, so they're amazing, fast. guys. Yeah. yeah, they're great. So we'll come up with an ad in the next week or two and oh. uh, record it. And, you know, we're going to all buy you guys in, in, yeah, in, in private, I suppose. <laughs> I hate that term, but um, just off the pod and off the record and yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, let's um let's finish up with this, guys. What's next for Alicia and DJ in 2022? Uh, we are looking forward to learning. That's what it's going to be all about. Learning to adapt, learning to grow this business, learning to do what we can to become sustainable at farming. Um, and then the biggest thing is learning about how we fit in to all of that with our community. So it's going to be a lot of learning, a lot of lots of trial and error. And I'm already anticipating the really, really great highs and some of the cry yourself to sleep nights. So we know those are coming, but um, we're excited. Yeah. In the beginning, it's been a lot more of the, you know, prepping the garden and getting on top of all the planting before the season starts. And so now it's going to be more, uh, you know, getting the, the egg laying birds, the meat birds, getting some pigs, you know, possibly mm. some some cattle. We're Right now we're renting our pasture out to somebody to grace their cattle. Um, so hopefully we can eventually, you know, get our own out there. And so just being becoming more self-sufficient and being able to sh- uh, share and help bring knowledge to the community will definitely be, I think, the next step, you know, in, in the growth. Yeah, we definitely want this place to also be somewhere where, you know, we have a lot that we feel like we could share with the community, but we welcome other people that have skills that we don't have to come and teach other people in the community or us and just share that knowledge. So, like you said, it'll be expanding the farm, getting more animals, things that produce and and are beneficial. So, yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. George, anything you want to... Ask anything you want to add, and anything for for the Spring Gulch Farms owners over here. No, I wrapped it up perfectly. I loved everything we talked about. I had a good time. This is, I don't even know what time it is, but it went quicker than uh, normal. It's only months. nine ten p.m. Shoot, it feels like how bad time flew by. It does. Well, I mean, it did. It did. We're hour twenty five deep. I kind of want to get this out to an hour thirty. I was hoping you had some, but that's okay. Yeah, I wish I had more juice. Well, we're <laughs> thank you guys for coming out and um, doing it out here because we really do like the fact that you came to us because you got to experience the whole point of what we're doing, which to me, if you're going to come out and you want to know about us, it is to come out and see the farm. Yeah. So as we get bigger, that's something I'm actually looking forward to is I want to be able to offer farm tours and people that just want to come check out what we're doing and feel up to that fucking Yeah message us on instagram you want to come check it out we'll walk you around no problem so where can they find you at on social media they can find us at spring gulch farms both on facebook and on instagram you just need to plug in spring gulch farms and you'll see our cute little logo with our barn and that's us we do have a minimal uh social media following but we're working on that so yeah we're gonna be um trying to post more and put ourselves out there a little bit more too so any chance of a tiktok Oh, you know, I don't have one of those. I actually, I don't have a TikTok or a Snapchat or a Twitter. I Twitter you could do without, and yeah. Snapchat's kind of winding down. People like TikTok yeah. and stuff more. TikTok, yeah. I feel like, takes a lot of um, energy to put in doing stuff, and I just 
don't know if I want to do it. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little old school, so, you know, Facebook and Instagram, but maybe someday I'll get there. Sure. Yeah. What comes next for you, DJ, 2022? Anything you're looking forward to in particular, man? Ne- next month or two, anything like that? Uh, you know, I'm just really looking forward to enjoying to see the growth of the farm right now. You know, all the all the vegetables you planted, all the hard work, work that we've put in the last few months, um, watching everything t- come to fruition and, and really just seeing the harvest and the fall is going to be exciting. Um, you know, I just, I can't wait to, to just see what life has in store for us. I do know one thing he's excited for that he's forgetting about right now. What's that? The single, because <laughs> that late frost that we had or that late freeze, the single solitary red delicious apple that we have left on that tree. He was so excited to get that tree when we planted it. And now there's only <laughs> one, one apple left on the tree. So yeah, we had a pretty bad late frost, which yeah. actually hit a lot of our plants hard. We lost a lot of plums, um, a lot of our apples, cherries. a lot of our cherries. So the late frost really hurt anybody that didn't really cover their product. So uh, yeah, so we have one. I have one apple that's going to be a freaking delicious apple, and I swear <laughs> to God, if a bird gets it, I'm going to go nuts. Oh, do you got to so, pick that thing tonight? I I really I gotta. Well, it's green. It's still small. It's growing. But gotcha. I think I'm gonna have to put like a bird net up or something over the tree yeah. to help protect the the apple from getting eaten. Yeah, how do you, for how sure. do you know the other ones went bad? Uh, how, they look just splat. so so. We knew because the day before there were tons of flowers all over it, and all the flowers, each flower is a is a fruit. And then after the freeze that night, it got down to like 31 degrees or 30 degrees. And then we woke up the next day, all the flowers were on the ground, all the f- the buds literally froze and fell off, and so you lost all your fruit. Now there's now there's no flower there, there's no fruit, and they only flower once. So they flower once every season. So it grows grows all the fruit, and then it you know produces. You pick it, and then it goes all winter, and yeah, then man. next spring it grows more fruit. You pick it, and repeat the process. You know, so so that oh, was yeah. a, that was a bummer. It was covered in in flowers before, and then yeah. after that freeze, it really hit everything hard. But at least now you guys could, I mean, I, if there's a silver lining, you could start over, hopefully maybe add some different stuff, some new stuff, and Yeah, and, 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 go and from next there. year, you know, next year in the spring, early spring, it'll be a lot bigger and stronger and a little healthier, and so it's not going to be such a young plant trying to survive, you know, a pretty pretty rough night. So maybe it won't be hurt so bad, and we'll be more prepared. We're not going to yeah. we're not gonna let a hard freeze hurt us next time. We're going to cover it. We're going to take care of our stuff a little more. We didn't take it seriously enough, and that was our, our problem for not learning you I know. think it was just novice. It was it was being novice at growing citrus and fruit trees, and um, we just jumped feet first into this. There wasn't, like, dip your toe in the water with this whole farming thing. So jumping feet first, we knew right off the bat, like, we're going to fuck up some shit. We're going to mess things up. We're probably going to lose some things. And, and we did, but it was a valuable learning lesson, and it caused us to do a lot of research. And like he said, we'll do better next time. So we'll make sure we protect it or find a way to, to – wrap it in a blanket or something like that so yeah well look DJ, i want to shout you out man you guys shout george and i out for coming out here but thank you for letting me come over and like have dinner and we just chilled and had drinks and honest conversation and whatnot and so thank you the first of the of this kind to come to the podcast and whatnot so and then thank you alicia for just cooking and and making peanut butter bars i mean jesus (laughs) <laughs> the brownies, oh my! I, think it's I so didn't even funny. know the brownies, dude. That's so nuts. That's so like I didn't even. 
Oh, man. Gluten-free and dairy-free, they taste exactly the same. It's crazy. It blows my mind that you like those peanut butter bars because I have no idea what they taste like. That just floors me So good. So good. It's like oats and peanut butter. It's like it just – it's – pumpkin seed just it feels so healthy it's not yeah. greasy it's not buttery oily i'm not gonna put it on a paper towel and look an hour later and it's gonna be greasy like yeah and i tried yeah. to keep them from being crunchy too because you know how like the some in the in the bars the nature valley bars oh my yes. god <laughs> i didn't want to name them but you can you I can mean, name they're them, a yeah. big bar who cares yeah. man you guys got crunchy ass bars and you know it <laughs> i mean they, for the record they have soft ones they have like yeah. the almond yogurt and stuff i mean they have soft ones but Anyway, yeah. no, thank you guys. Thank you guys for, for having us over you. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. If you guys made it this far, thank you for listening. I'll be back here in a couple of days, and I will see you guys later. Have a good day.